This is a list of the top 10 marketing must to hit the ground running as a new agent in real estate. As a new or relatively new agent, you have a strategic competitive advantage and it is time. And you might be thinking, well, I trade that time for money. And the reality is you hopefully will trade the time for money if you focus on the right activities, because with the time you have, the work you do and the time you have will have a direct corollary in terms of what it produces for you as far as your results go. So the question is, what will you do with your time that's gonna give you the highest and best return on that time in terms of growing and scaling your business we're gonna to talk today about the 10 marketing musts every new or relatively new agent should be thinking about and executing on right now in your business to grow and scale. So welcome to This Week in Marketing. My name is Jason Pantana. I'm your host of this podcast and I'm really glad you're watching. If you're new to the channel, please make sure to subscribe and then hit the little bell icon right next to the subscribe button so you receive alerts whenever we publish new videos just like this so you can keep yourself in a state of constant never-ending learning in the next executing on the ideas you learn herein so you can grow and scale your business. Hit that subscribe button, hit that bell icon, and let's get on to talking about the top 10 marketing must every new agent or relatively new agent needs to be thinking about to grow and scale their real estate business. Now, before we talk about the marketing musts, let's talk about the perhaps must nots or maybe nots in terms of what a lot of agents mistakenly spend their time and energy doing when they're new. Because again, there is, whether you can see it or not now, your time is a strategic competitive advantage, but what you choose to do with your time, that's up to you. And some uses of time are better than others, and I wanna focus on the right ones. So what are some of the time sucks that a lot of agents immerse themselves in in the beginning because they don't know what to do? Well, they get stuck designing business cards, letterhead, stationery, uh, writing the perfect biography, or crafting the perfect website. But the reality is these are all good things in due time. And now is not the time because it's premature. There's still a lot of learning that has to happen. You have to determine who you are in this profession and who you stand for in your community and what you're all about. And so trying to craft a perfect bio, it's just, it's too early for these things. But a lot of agents are like, well, I don't know what else to do. That's why you're watching and listening to this video right now is to determine what else to do. So when you're new, here's my advice. Whatever the onboarding is from your brokerage, from your brokerage or brand or firm or whomever, do it. Get the email, get the business cards, get the stuff they set you up with, and then get going, get moving forward, because there's a big difference between being busy and being productive. So today we focus on being productive so you can put yourself into alignment with growing and scaling your business. Now, today's video is the marketing must for new agents, but if you're not a new agent, you can still listen. These are still marketing musts to grow and scale your business, and maybe you're in a position where your business isn't what it was last year or the year before, which is relatively characteristic of the marketplace, so don't beat yourself up too badly, but notwithstanding, I'm here to encourage you to step into a state of growth, and so that if that's you, whether you're a new agent or not, listen up as we dive into the top 10 marketing musts. And make sure you listen through till the end because this list is in no relative order. This is just a list of 10. One is not more important than the other. It's a list of 10. Starting with a weekly email newsletter to your sphere of influence, which means there's a prerequisite to that. You need an organized list. In other words, you need possibly a CRM. Don't get lost trying to perfect a CRM when you're new. It can just be a spreadsheet of all your contacts in the beginning. You wanna get into action and not be on the sidelines of trying to perfect everything and getting all your ducks in a row. There's an old Seth Godin, uh, it's a book, I believe. It's either a book or an article, but it says, what you gonna do with that duck? And the entire idea behind it is, 
Rather than spending all your times getting your ducks in a row, recognize you have a duck. And so what are you going to do with the duck you've got? And so in the spirit of that same idea from Seth Godin, you don't need the perfectly segmented, organized CRM. We just need a list we can work. So you need to get your sphere of influence contacts into a list of some type, either a CRM or a spreadsheet, something so we can work it in a calculated manner. Now, if you go to Tom Ferry's website, there's a tool called a memory jogger, and we can link it up in the description as well. And the memory jogger is roughly 140 questions-ish that will help jog your memory about who belongs in your sphere of influence friends, family, past work relationships, your personal network, who belongs there that we want to market to and establish our brand in front of. Once you got your list organized, then you're in a position to start that weekly email newsletter. Now you can use a tool like MailChimp, BombBomb, Constant Contact, Emma. There's lots of different providers out there in terms of email service providers, Drip, OmniSend, AWeber, ConvertKit. There's lots of them out there. Some are free, some are paid. Perhaps your brokerage offers a solution for sending mass emails to your database. Your database is your sphere of influence here. My advice to you is to start a weekly newsletter. And you're like, well, about what? About your journey in the business. Start now recognizing that ultimately the reason somebody's going to hire you in this profession is because they know, like, and trust you. But it's not a sense of personal trust per se. It's not, I trust you to watch my dog this weekend. It's an, I trust you to help me make the largest investment of my life, to help me buy a property, to help me sell a property, to help me invest in real estate. Know, like, and professional trust in a newsletter whereby you are curating what's happening in the industry, what's happening in the local and national marketplace, and how does that make sense through the eyes of a homeowner, through the eyes of a wannabe homeowner? How can you demonstrate expertise in a newsletter every single week whereby you are creating thought leadership amongst your own database? Your newsletter could be an essay you write. You can use a tool like ChatGPT or Bard from Google to help you write better copy. Those are generative AI tools, but it could be an essay effectively where you give your perspective on what's happening in the business and establish that thought leadership. Or if you're making content on social media, which I'm going to get to, it could be a repurposing or redistribution of that content. Just be the knowledge broker, be the expert and leverage email. Email is the goat, the greatest of all time in terms of marketing channels. If you aren't new to this podcast, you know, I'm a huge fan of email because I talk about it all the time. So my advice is from the very get go in your career, start building a list of contacts and start emailing them with value-add content that positions you as a knowledge broker. One more little note about emails. In your newsletter, and don't get stuck in designing the perfect template. It doesn't need to be this perfect, beautiful manicure template. It's about the content. It's about what you, it's about you sharing your knowledge. Again, it's busy work versus being productive. Let's be productive. In your email, you wanna make sure to include some basic calls to action, not overboard, not in your face. This is a value add email, but you should invite people into working with you. That may be search for homes here. If there's a website that perhaps your broker provides where they can search for homes or maybe a home valuation tool, or it could be click this link here to book a meeting with me on Calendly or a tool like that, whereby folks can schedule a buyer consultation, a listing consultation, see properties. My, my point to you is call folks into action. When you've earned the right to call folks into action because you've demonstrated knowledge and expertise, that's the natural next step. So don't be afraid of those calls to action. Hey, quick sidebar, if you're new to the business, I can respect it's a big learning curve. You got your license, you understand what easements and encroachments and latent defects are, but what about running a business, the marketing, the sales, the aspects of actually building a brand that attracts buyers and sellers to have the confidence to work with you, which is why 
Tom and I put together three courses called Marketing Pro. One course talks about Google, one course talks about social media, and one course talks about email to help you get your marketing aligned to grow and scale your business because you are running a business. Whether you're on a team or operating solo, you are running a business and therefore need to invest in how do you grow and scale that business to achieve the goals you set out to achieve when you got into the industry. For more details, click the link in the description. Second marketing must for a new or relatively new agent or anybody for that matter is to create a monthly or perhaps a quarterly market report of your neighborhood, your immediate vicinity where you live, where you do life and hand deliver it to the neighbors. Now, you might think that's a lot of work. Well, guess what? There are rock stars in our ecosystem like Andy C, who is literally one of the top producing agents in America, and he still hand delivers a monthly market report to all the neighbors, which gives him proximity because they get to know each other. They become accustomed to seeing him. They start to associate him with selling and working in this neighborhood, and they trust him because he lives in the neighborhood. And when they hear their neighbors thinking about selling, they tell him, and so he's got ears all over the place in terms of where the opportunity's coming up, and nobody knows his immediate neighborhood like him because he has the gift of having relationships with everybody in the community. My advice to you is, don't make it complicated. Don't make fancy graphs and charts that you can't make if it's beyond your skill set. Just done is better than perfect. Put together a market report once a month, once a quarter, and hand deliver it to your neighbors. Build those relationships right now from the very beginning of you starting your career in real estate and work so that they start to associate you with the agent of choice in your own neighborhood. It's your backyard, literally, so work it. Number three, what kind of a marketer would I be if I did not talk about the importance of video? Now, in the same way that your newsletter is an opportunity for you to place your knowledge and expertise in the inboxes of your subscribers who are your friends, family, your sphere of influence contacts and start to build that sense of credibility, know, like, and trust, not just personal trust, professional trust, videos operate much the same whereby it's a way to be in the feeds of your followers who are probably friends, family, sphere of influence contacts, presumably. They see you in their feeds and you're establishing that trust sense of expertise. Now, three types of vertical videos I would focus on. And I've covered this in prior episodes of the podcast. If you wanna look for those episodes on three vertical videos, they are number one, what we call talking heads. What I'm doing right now is a talking head video. I am talking to a camera and I am demonstrating knowledge and expertise in my subject matter and you can do the same. Now, it'd be vertical. You're probably watching on YouTube, but you could crop this and make it vertical as well. So in your talking head videos, you can talk about the market on a local level, on a national level. You can demonstrate expertise through giving advice and sharing tips and chronicling your journey of learning and at the same time showing your path to competence and therefore your trustworthiness because you have demonstrated expertise. Talking head videos are your first of three vertical videos to focus on. The second is local spotlights. Shine the spotlight on your community, neighborhoods that you might want to tour and walk around, this cool new trail system. Uh, maybe there's a new coffee shop. Literally grab your iPhone, grab your Android if you have one of those and flip the camera around and start touring and showing off your community. Let folks know that you are immersed in the community and you know what's up and you know how people are living so you can be a champion of helping folks achieve that lifestyle. The third type of vertical video to focus on is property tours. Now you might think, I don't have any listings, Jason. How am I supposed to do that without listings, Jason? I'm willing to bet there are kind and benevolent agents at your office who have listings. And so you should reach out to them and ask for their express consent because you need that to make a video of you touring their listings for Instagram, for TikTok, for YouTube Shorts. 
uh, rock star clients of ours, like Kyle DeBoer, for instance. They do this all the time. Ray Ellen does this all the time. And they get the consent and they tour the property. But what it does is it shows your followers, who once again are likely your sphere of influence contacts, it shows them you in action, doing the thing they think you do, showing and selling properties. And it creates a layer of social proof. Because let's be candid, when you're new, Nobody talks about this, but the reality is all your friends, family, and folks who are like, oh, they're in real estate now. Hmm. I wonder how they're going to do. They have an arm's length removed reservation because maybe they don't want to be the lab experiment of you getting your sea legs in real estate. This is a harsh conversation to have, but it is reality. Folks have that sense of, do they know what they're doing yet? I want to let them get a few deals under their belt before I refer them business, before I consider working with them. However, when you chronicle and demonstrate yourself in the field showing properties, they're like, wow, man, they, they got going quick. Wow, they must be really good at this. Wow, they're really fast. Wow, they're, they're busy. Look at that. And it invokes a sense of social proof, thereby helping folks become more accepting of you in this role as an agent out in the field crushing it. Number four is start hosting a professional networking group of some type. Now, it could be vendors, possibly mortgage brokers, insurance agents, other professionals and entrepreneurs in town, or maybe you have a network that exists beyond in town. So it could be a virtual type of mastermind with other agents around the country who are part of uh, the ecosystem here in Tom Ferry Coaching, or maybe part of the network of your brand if there's offices all over the country, for instance. Generating re referrals is a major part of this business, and they don't just come from sphere of influence contacts. Referrals from other agents in other marketplaces, from vendors in your marketplace are a big deal. So get to know your other professionals, your peer-to-peer -peer relationships. You should start a professional networking group. Number five is to go ahead and start cranking the wheel in terms of getting reviews on a Google business profile. If you don't have a Google business profile, go to business.google.com slash create and follow the steps to fill out and create a profile. Now I have lots of other podcasts here in this playlist all about Google business profiles. There's a lot of optimizations that can go into it, but the biggest obstacle you're going to face as a new agent is in getting reviews because play it out like this. Imagine you meet somebody, I don't know, at a restaurant or at a football game and y'all get the talk in and they find out you're in real estate and there's a really good relationship and bond and you think this could really turn into business. I'm willing to bet you they're going to Google you. And when they Google you, this is harsh but true. If they only find one review or no reviews, that may not bolster up the confidence you were wishing it would have in terms of solidifying that relationship for business opportunities. So the sooner you can start generating reviews, the better. Now, there are platforms like Zillow, for instance, that you can only get a review if there's an associated closing with it. So there has to be a deal, a transaction closed to get a review, but your Google business profile isn't like that. You can begin getting reviews immediately on your Google business profile. And it could be, for example, you're showing somebody property and they could leave you the review and say, they have been so gracious in terms of coming prepared at every showing, they have the comps and they've been so helpful in terms of lining up all the appointments and they could focus on that aspect of having worked with you. My point to you is, Start cranking the wheel of getting reviews. You're gonna need reviews your entire career, so make a process out of the gate to generate reviews. Number six is to start doing CMAs, that is comparative market analysis, for your sphere of influence contacts. If you struggle with, I don't understand how to do a CMA, that's a conversation with your broker to get trained on how to create a comparative market analysis, but the reality is if you're gonna help 
your sphere of influence contacts that maybe bought a house with some other agent in the past, for instance, and they've been living there for a little bit, if you can help them understand what the property is worth and what their equity position is because of appreciation and changes in the marketplace, being the bearer of that information can get you in on the deal if they decide to list because you're the one who gave them the details. You're the one who fed them the information and therefore, because you're the source, they look to you as the agent of choice. So CMAs, do them. CMA a day, what do you say? Number seven is to set up all your online profiles that could include social media pages, Zillow, Realtor, profiles here, there, and everywhere, and to establish your personal brand. So in terms of your personal brand, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. So what's gonna be your shtick? What's gonna be the essence by which you're known? For example, I know a lot of agents who are like the data-driven agents. They know the numbers, the economics, and they become the go-to resource for anybody who has a similar wiring. They wanna understand the numbers of the decision. I know agents who are all about the community, the lifestyle, and they're just plugged in and they know how to get you in all the different points of access. They just know the town like the back of their hand and they're plugged in and that's their stickiness. I know agents who are all about the home, maybe they had a background in contracting or interior design or architecture or some different aspect of the home itself, but they understand what kind of a property is necessary to fulfill the lifestyle that your clients might have in mind. In understanding your secret sauce as an agent or what you believe it to be, we're still early and it can evolve and you're gonna change. This is your first album. You're gonna release future records and as an artist, if you follow my metaphor, you're going to evolve, but you have some kind of a centralized core offering in terms of this is who I am and what I'm bringing to the marketplace. For example, there's a relatively new agent in Chicago in our ecosystem. Her name is, she goes by Hat and Heels Realtor on Instagram. Her brand is Ball Cap and Heels Realtor. Now I'm not saying you have to go to that degree and come up with a very clever name, like a, like a stage name or anything like that. She did and it works for her and she's crushing it in her business. I am saying it's worth giving some thought to when I look at myself and my skills and what I naturally possess and I consider the range of my experiences before I got in real estate, what path makes the most sense where I can provide the most value to the highest number of people possible out of the gate. And that becomes your personal brand. Now, this one was an A, B, so it's set up the profiles, but also think through what is my brand? They go hand in glove because the profiles are the presence where your brand is positioned. That's a mouthful, but I think you get it. Set up your profiles and bear in mind, how do I make them matchy-matchy? How do I, how do I have a core offering to the marketplace in terms of who I am as a professional in my town? Number eight is definitely a no-brainer, and it is to network your face off. Face-to-face, in-person networking, getting involved in the Chamber of Commerce, the Entrepreneur Center, your board of realtors, your brand, your firm, all the aspects of being belly-to-belly with people and networking and shaking hands and building relationships is paramount to your success, but it's beyond just in-person. It's also comments, DMs. There are audio-only rooms, like even Clubhouse, for instance, where you can meet people you wouldn't otherwise meet. Social media gives you access to people in a whole new, unprecedented way. So send the mayor a DM, for instance. Get to know the influencers in your community because something I've observed in the past is when I look at new agents, generally speaking, the newer agents who most quickly rise to a high level of production are very networked. Now, this may be uncomfortable for you. Perhaps you're more of an introvert. My advice to you is find your own way to do this, whether it's in a group setting or whether it's in a more private setting, find your path for getting to know people because this is a relationship business. So network your face off. 
Number nine, we're almost there. Go all in on open houses. A lot of agents don't like doing open houses. And in my mind, they are missing the boat. Think about it this way. Imagine you sell cars and you walk out to the car lot every day and you see people walking around the car lot looking at cars. They're thinking about buying cars. Those are potential customers. Now flip to an open house. Here's a property for sale with people walking in. They're thinking about something because they just walked onto your car lot for all intents and purposes. What's more, open houses provide you with a way to promote it so you can let your database know, your sphere of influence know that you're doing open houses. Once again, flexing the muscle of social proof, you're in action, doing the thing they think you do, you're working hard and hustling. You can door knock the neighbors to let them know about the open house. You can film videos and post it on social media. There's so much just for the promotional aspects that can benefit your brand with open houses. What's more, the actual meeting of prospective buyers, the neighbors who come in. Everybody calls the neighbors, oh, they're just looky-loos. They're just nosy neighbors. No, they're not. They're Well, yes, they are, but they're nosy because they're comparing how does my home stack up to this home and what does it mean about my home? Do I stay or do I go? They're potentially contemplating a move down the road. Getting to know the neighbors is a highly beneficial pursuit of open houses. My advice to you is do whatever it takes to get open houses. Ask the agents in your office if you can do an open house. Offer to pay them a referral fee if that's what it takes on any deals you get through the open house. I know that the people who come to the open house probably won't buy it. Statistically speaking, it's improbable. That's not why we do open houses. We do it because it's a form of lead generation and brand awareness for you to get on the consideration set of both buyers and sellers in that area. Reach out to for sale by owners and offer to do an open house. Get on your MLS and look up all new listings in the past seven days where the area code of the agent's phone number is out of area and the property's vacant. It means they probably just listed it and they don't live here and they probably love you to do an open house for them. And because the property's vacant, odds are the seller is not going to have an issue with an open house. My point to you is to get resourceful in terms of finding ways to generate open houses. For example, one of our rock star coaching clients, Dave Archuleta, we've done a podcast together. He has two major sources of business. He has community events, which our podcast is all about Dave's community events and open houses. Dave does roughly six to eight open houses every weekend, and he's not a new agent. And he'll tell you one of the top benefits of open houses for him is he puts out directional signs that will point to the open house the day before every weekend. And he puts them out himself. And you want to know why? Because as cars pass by in his community, as the neighbors walk their dogs, he waves at every stranger with a big smile on his face. And he'll tell you when he goes on listing appointments, almost invariably the seller will say, Dave, we want to work with you because we see you out there every weekend hustling at open houses, putting up your signs. And we want an agent who's going to hustle like that for us. My point to you is whether you're a new agent or not, open your eyes to open houses. And finally, number 10, work the neighbors around your office's APCs. So what are APCs? Actives, pendings, closed. It's the deals from the other agents at your own brokerage. Now, I don't know where you sell real estate, so make sure you talk to your broker to make sure it's designated agency and exclusive representation and all the stuff is okay for you to do this. But my thinking is, with consent, of course, when your office is selling in a certain area, perhaps you're door knocking or circle prospecting a community. What would stop you from letting folks know what's happening in their marketplace in terms of what your office is doing? You don't have to take the credit for being the listing agent or the selling agent. You're simply recognizing what the office is doing in a specific area to help you become known as a point of contact at that office, as an agent at that office. Now, again, this one can get a little bit 
tricky depending upon where you do business and the rules at your brokerage. So talk to your broker about, hey, how can I leverage the actives, pendings, and closed sales of our office in terms of working the neighbors to keep them informed about the marketplace? And then be willing to roll up your sleeves and do a little bit of sweat equity. Door knock, circle prospect, maybe mail or hand deliver some notes or stationery. Get to work becoming known as the point of contact for those deals in your community. That's a lot. You might be thinking you have less time than you thought you had from the very beginning. And the reality is that's a true statement. There is so much you can do to market and scale and grow your business. It's simply a matter of recognizing what makes the most sense. And a lot of agents get lost in minutia, small details, trivial matters that aren't gonna move the needle in terms of generating business. These marketing musts are gonna move the needle in terms of generating business. So whatever it is you're committed to, let me know in the comments. And as you read other folks' commitments, maybe reply and encourage them a bit in their journey to become a rockstar top producing agent. Thank you so much for watching. Until next week, this is This Week in Marketing.